Welcome to The Future State, the show where we take important topics from different industries, dissect them, and look at where they're heading in the future. I'm Nick Walter, CEO of Vortic Art, and I've been building technology companies for the last 12 years, as well as consulting and advising startups and blue chips. And I'm Danny Denhard, former crowdfunding, marketing and growth exec, currently founder of Focus.Business, the company culture and strategy advisory. I'm a professional coach and mentor, and of course the co-host of the Future State podcast. So we're going to try something a little bit different this week. I'm up for it. Sounds good. So when Nick and I originally uh, talked around the, the podcast, about once a month we're going to pitch different ideas to each other. So Nick and I have about 20 a week, some good, some bad, some ugly. This week what we're going to do is it's going to be the first one, and essentially what we're going to do is pitch, like elevated pitch at each other. So I'm going to take the first stab, uh, and Nick is going to review one of my ideas this week, it's a bit of a Shark Tank, Dragon's Den style affair. I'm going to pitch an idea. I've been talking around for a little while, and I think it's probably the best time we talk around it. So, Nick, are you, uh, are you up for Coffee Shop on Wheels, a.k.a. the coffee round? <laughs> Let's do it. Pitch me up. I'm going to break it down into a few different areas. I'm going to say what it is, why I think it's important, how it would work and then give some business context so everyone sort of can play along say whether it's a good bad or ugly idea one of the so what it is basically it's a shop it's a coffee shop on electric vehicle wheels so instantly people know that it's good coffee it's going to be delivered around their local area so think like a ice cream van or the milkman delivery I think it will, the reason was why is serving in local areas with quality coffee, snacks, treats, and meals. So think of it as like breakfast and lunch. I think it's going to be replacing the local stores. So one of the major reasons why people love a coffee in the morning, it wakes them up, it's part of a routine, but it's kind of been replaced because of obviously lockdowns and, and different returning to work policies. I would pitch it as think of a milkman cross with an ice ice cream truck with a barista with pre-made quality food. So like a high-end food truck on wheels. So rather than it just being stationary, it will go around like really specific areas. So why? There's less footfall. It's more local. So you could do local produce. You could do, you know, fair trade. You could work with local partners. So one of the major issues a lot of people have at the moment is when you go to a coffee shop you don't know where the milk's from you don't know necessarily where the coffee's from and it's becoming more and more important for people i think you can supply the hybrid workforce so some companies this week have gone back to 25 percent capacity some have gone back a little bit more but there's a huge you know 75 percent is a huge number of people that are still working from home or still working remotely you can serve quality food and drink like a chain or independent just because it's stationary doesn't mean it's serving anything better it doesn't mean you can't have better equipment in this ev van and it doesn't mean actually that you can't serve people on at scale or mass so coffee shops are often high in footfall areas and town centers and hotspots but as we've seen footfalls dropped between 20 and 40 percent in most towns and cities are really struggling because tourism isn't there. 
So there's a huge amount of people that are either staying local, staying at home, or not necessarily going out and spending that money. So I think there's a huge opportunity. So Nick, I know what you're going to say. How's it going to work? So basically, you'd build an EV van. So it's a bit like a food truck, but probably slightly bigger. You make it Instagrammable, so you give people fear of missing out. So a bit like what Uber did in the major cities and suburbs. Chains would do this pretty easily, but I think it fits more independence. So I think, you know, a Pret a Manger, you know, a Pret could do this pretty easily. I think a Costa could do it. Cafe Nero could probably do it. But the reason why a startup or an independent would do it is they don't have so much processes and they don't have to worry about so many different internal politics kicking off. I think also that it removes the friction having to go out and having to give, you know, the food apps more money. A lot of people don't want to pay for the delivery fee for their Starbucks on a delivery or a Just Eat or Uber Eats. I think actually what will be, it's a source of local investment and the ability to create jobs and support local entrepreneurs. So you could franchise it out in, in the long term. And then the important bit why people really listen to this sort of podcast is like the TAM's actually quite large. In an emoji set in out of five, I've put it three money bags. So I think it could be large at scale, but it would need probably a larger upfront investment. I think the difficulty isn't that complicated. So I think it's kind of easy two out of five. I think how it would make money, pretty simple. You do surprise and delight. Say you'd start having a jingle that you'd play out loud. People wonder what it is to look out their window. It'd be natural curiosity. I think because it serves local, you could do it smartly. So you could do densely populated areas. You could go around a bit like what an ice cream truck does. And then when there's footfall in local parks, you could park in there. I think the jingle is really important. And I think the ice cream van still has it now and still surprises people every day, especially when it's 20 odd degrees outside. It could be close to universities or out of town offices, and it could be a reward system. And you'd get to know your clients really quickly. You know where they are, the local area, what they have. So you could do the, you know, what people call the old butcher approach. You'd remember their drink, you'd remember their snack, and you can almost preload it up ready for them. You could build an app if you wanted, so you could do it on demand. And then just a competition, I've said it's a strong six out of 10. So I think you're competing with things like mini preps. You're competing with supermarkets. So like the Waitrose, I don't know what they put in their coffee, but there's always a queue for it. Tesco Metro co-ops, the co-ops especially have the Costa on the go or instance. And then I think actually the, the shop delivery apps and the food delivery apps like Just Eat, Uber Eats and Deliveroo. So Nick, that was my extended elevator pitch. What do you think? Well, good, good first elevator. I like the passion in it. Well thought out. A lot going on. I'll tell you why there's a queue at Waitrose for coffee because it's free. <laughs> that's 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 why if you're a waitrose card holder you get free coffee it's one of the perks that's why i got a waitrose card and now look down on the coffee because it's not barista independent quality grade despite having a bean to cup in my own house this disclosure full disclosure i've had two similar ideas over the years one more recently and one quite a few years ago when i worked in st paul's and couldn't understand why there wasn't an afternoon tea coffee chain that just sucked up tourism from around St. Paul's, like one place you could go for a traditional British 
afternoon tea and kind of scones experience outside of hotel chains. I just didn't get why there wasn't something like that. So that was one from 15, 20 years ago. More recently, I've been spending a lot of time in parks with my children, I'd like to add. Good disclosure. And there's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I wanted to throw that in. Um, and there's always an ice cream van. Now, the ice cream van is crap. Like, it's guy, generally Bluetooth headset. You don't know if he's talking to you. You don't know if he's talking to his mate on the Bluetooth headset. The ice cream that's coming out is not of a quality that I have any visibility of. It's just sugar and full fat milk churned together coming out of a tap into a waffle cone if you're lucky but generally crappy cone and i've been actually doing this is slightly strange that i've been doing some research in this area because my idea which is quite similar to your idea i think in certain elements was you could have a big food truck style van that served really amazing like ice creams gelato like healthy ice cream like good selection so because your kids always want ice cream right you can't avoid if the ice cream van is there i stood there my kid had had an ice lolly at home and i stood in the park last night for 10 minutes and he was like i want an ice cream i want an ice cream i want an ice cream and he just had one so he didn't get one i didn't give in but how dare you not give your kid the kids crap well, the the thing was, I was on a work call at the same time, and they were like, "Buy him an ice cream," and I was, <laughs> and I was like, "Look, you, I've got a deal with getting them to bed and stuff." So you know, like this, this was like six o'clock last night, half five last night, and I was like, "Look, if they had really good ice cream, healthy options on ice cream, it wasn't all like dodgy flavors and everything else." And then I said, "And the way to pull the parents in was have really good coffee as well." Like have really, really good like barista, independent coffee. The parents want to go to get their coffee because coffee is pretty much adult ice cream and the kids want to go and get their ice cream. So this was my idea. And I was like, why don't they have something good? And anyway, I started to do some research into it. And there is a really good one who does really good ice creams, like really kind of pushes the boat out, I suppose, on kind of gourmet. I don't know about the ice cream quality, but what you get out is very Instagrammable. Things called Mr. Pepe or something like that. I'm following him on Instagram now after I spoke about this idea and people were like, oh, you should follow this guy. So I'm on board with your overall concept, long story short, but I think there are some issues to it. And I think it's one of those ones, like every business idea, everything's got kinks in it. Everything's got things that we can stress test, pull apart, refine, and um, yeah, make better. So I think for me, like the EV angle is the way to go, no doubt. I think finding spaces to pull up in high footfall areas is difficult because generally those footfall areas are away from the road. Like there'll be a park, a kiddies playground, and it'll be away from the car park or away from the road. And therefore like pulling in is difficult to high footfall areas. I think that community is really really important like going around the streets pulling people in the same way the ice cream man does but as part of my inquisitive mind i watch a lot of footfall around ice cream vans in streets and it's very very hard to get people out it's based on like time of day it's based on weather the amount of times i'm i live opposite school so it's like prime time for ice cream vans like we live in like a family neighborhood 
in fairness though the ice cream man got it right yesterday he pulled up somewhere close by around the end of school time and my son came home with a bubblegum ice cream so um, he, he got that one right and I'm sure there was a queue when the weather's like this out the back I do think the jingle's super important pulling people in but I think that the problem I got around coffee is where it fits in people's daily journeys or the user journey like in the morning I like to have a coffee to wake me up everything else I've got I've got a decent coffee machine like I spent a bit of money on it it served me super well in lockdown when you couldn't get coffees and I saw again through desktop research a little bit of uptake in people spending on their own coffee machines during lockdown um I'm going to jump in very quickly there's Go nothing on. like other than people make you lunch or when people yeah. make you something apart from when it's oh. really crappy, right? People love yeah. saying, oh, I went and got my coffee. Oh, I for me is I'm not pre- completely agree. not precious of, I know, you know, you're, I know you're a coffee fiend. Like you and I talk around this a little bit, but as mm. someone who drinks it just for the caffeine boost, like I know what the coffee I like and I don't, but I know that there's, mm. there's many people that, love instant that they love barista and they know exactly what they want but there is something mm. there is that magic of someone making it for you it's a bit like when someone well, makes you a toasty yeah, or something it, you think oh it's amazing because you didn't have to do it yeah look on, on the flip side of popularity in home coffee machines and i agree with what you said there i think there's been popularity in coffee drive-thrus so Costa Coffee drive through Starbucks drive throughs are, are big on the service station side, but we got like a local Costa Coffee, right? And I like, I, <laughs> I'm the kind of coffee asshole that drives past Costa and looks at it with pure disdain. I might hiss at it out the window, like hopefully no one <laughs> And there's a queue, I'm not joking, the queue in the Costa Coffee drive through is freaking like 30 cars long. And like to me, I'm like, I cannot believe you are queuing for this crap and i cannot believe you're willing to sit in a 30 car coffee queue to get a drive through coffee but they are because drinking coffee for me is an experience it's something like the same about having it in the car as well i don't know what it is but it's like a kind of mini event that you can do when you're in the car it's like a little treat like you go and get it and i totally agree there's these moments for me i'm kind of probably not your average coffee drinker in as much as like regardless of my coffee snobbery that's developed from working through Shoreditch over the last 12 years, going in as a total novice and then having like, you know, if you mention instant coffee, like people just drop their coffee cup on the floor and like stare at you. Um, you booted out the hipster so club, been, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I got like fully indoctrinated into the hipster club and never looked back. Um, but also I watch my caffeine intake. Like I don't like too much coffee. I do one in the morning and then I'll do one like mid afternoon and sometimes a decaf dependent on like, yeah, like I'm, I'm cardiac and anxious. So I, <laughs> I'm always conscious about my coffee intake. So I'm probably not like, I, I know other people like, let's look in America, you know, people with their ventis, like drinking coffee, in, you know, filter coffee, like it's going out of fashion, like 50 a day. For anyone that's not a I massive when, coffee fan, it's the thing that's the size of your, your forearm. Your forearm, yeah, it's ridiculous. I just can't get my head around that. Uh, the, the other coffee fiends that I've come across in life. 
uh, was when I was working on one of the smart, first smartwatch projects out in Italy. And I went out to this uh, Italian smartwatch manufacturer. I think they were actually the first smartwatch on the market. It was Android system. And funnily enough, their second version looks exactly like the Apple watch that I'm now wearing on my wrist. So they were onto a good design, but uh, the OS just wasn't working well for them. But they used to, I'm not joking, every 30 minutes they're like, Nick, do you want a coffee? And I'm like, yeah. And every 30 minutes they just go neck an espresso like it was a shot, like boom, down the hatch. Like totally different culture in how they drink their coffee. But for me, I, I asked for milk and they looked at me like that you are absolute dirt to me. You're dead to me now. I can't believe this is what happens in, in London. So anyway, slight aside, but I do think coffee is a, a high part of people's day. I think the food side is very interesting as well. More local, knowing where the origin is of the products that you're buying, I think less footfall is a problem. What I've seen locally is we've got a really good craft bakery near us and it's in the middle of an industrial estate. It's the most bizarre location. But because the food is so good, people travel there and the parking is easy. I think if you haven't got parking now, like the drive-through shows as well, like the popularity of this, if you haven't got parking outside of London, that's what causes a problem. And that coupled with reduction in footfall is going to put a lot of these places in danger so i think what you outlined is that problem with the reduction in footfall especially outside of urban centers is bang on because if you haven't got parking and not many places do it you know you want to pop in you want to pop out you want to get your coffee you want to go but it is that little treat of the day it's something people look forward to and i can imagine the jingle now rattling down my road and even if i'd had a coffee i'd be tempted I'd think, oh, yeah, okay, here's Mr. Coffee in his EV van, whatever the name would be. The thing I was thinking, which is like quite un- isn't definitely unique, but you can piggyback from other companies, is like you can talk about the beans, you can talk around the sugar, you can talk around like the brands that you use, you know, Minor Figures, I think they're called. It's like an Aussie yeah, no, milk figures, brand. Yeah. They're getting some traction, a bit like Oatly. Oatly is like, it's almost like, Coffee's got a status to it. Oatly's got a status to mm. it. It's a bit like mm. Beyond Meat has got this big, big sort of VC back status. If you were to be, mm. if you're, if you work with these trusted partners that are more than happy to take the Coca Cola model of 25 years ago and plaster it on, you've got these signs of trust you can put in. It's the barista, it's the barista version of it. I know you probably get it off your Amazon Alexa orders. Yeah, but there's yeah. like um, how do you know? But have you been listening in like Alexa? Yeah, I've, I've since the since the podcast, uh, it it sends me all your search queries. You've, got, you've <laughs> but I think there's that, that there's that side of it, and then also there's another side where you can drum up plenty of interest because you can almost routine it. You can go through certain parts as a routine, and likely mm. it is you're probably five to ten minutes difference every every day so people could almost become habitual and mm. i know people don't do it as much but you can use bluetooth as a marketing tool you can push out notifications mm. you can get people to download the app and then they can ping you when they're nearby i um, think that's the bit that's the bit where these ice cream men are losing out right they're 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 spray and pray they're like they're not really other than things that are predictable they're not building any data sets that help them to know where they can sell ice cream at any given day and time, right? They just have to be like, okay, school's come out at three, 
parks are busy on the weekends parks are busy after school like do you know what i mean it's that predictable behavior that they're they're based on for me it's that whole thing of if my coffee man pulls up outside and i did have an idea about a coffee business as well but i'll go into that another time if my coffee guy pulls up outside i don't want to queue like i don't want, like i don't mind queuing a little bit but i don't want to queue like too long i don't want my whole fucking street to come out obscenity but i don't want my whole street to come out and be queuing for coffee with me like i like quite like my neighbors i'm lucky like i don't mind having a little chat with them i got told off for chatting with them the other day because i was taking too long but i some people might not like their neighbors but that sense of community is good i think that that's one of the main things but i'm going to ask you some questions now to probe you cool. right because I and, and let's start let's start with key activities around marketing because you've just said it there. You could do SMS, you could do app, you could do proximity via Bluetooth, you could do whatever it may be. So tell me how and I don't know why I'm calling it Mr. Coffee. Um or EV Miss, Coffee. Yeah, yeah, EV Coffee. Let's go EV Coffee. EV yeah. Coffee. Let's go EV Coffee because that's it, yeah. So EV yeah, sorry. <laughs> your coffee what are the marketing activities that this ev coffee would have to indulge in do you think to drum up business and also how do you think that they would target based on geographical locations because i think in urban centers this is a more difficult proposition than out of urban centers potentially so quick a quick story and then the answer so one of the interview questions I ask people, and I'm going to give it away here, is how would you market a coffee shop in the centre of London? So if I don't answer this 100% accurately, I may as well just fire myself. <laughs> <laughs> so Serious pressure going down here. I think the easiest, you know, it's really easy ways of doing it. So you can do door drops, so you can go out and you can print flyers. They could be basic or they could be relatively they could look good but they don't have to be you know expensive so you could go out you could do something like canva or an equivalent crello to design it you can knock it up really quickly you to slow to you know save costs you go around and distribute it yourself i think and you put it through letterboxes which surprisingly still works i would say that you could look for and partner with the local council local newspapers there's usually at least one that's still going in most places you could do paid advertorials, so you could do it uh, and target people in local areas and geos. I think there are probably far more neighbourhood groups that people don't realise exist. So I think you could do that. I think you could go into, like, you could use Nextdoor, which is surprisingly popular in the UK. You could use probably a few billion searches on Facebook to find them. My personal opinion is, although it's not going to be targeted at offices, you need an advocate in the office to tell people. And a lot of people tend... Free coffee yeah. every time. Well, imagine this, right? Imagine that uh, 75% of your workforce is working from home, but you know a lot of them are based in like Kent. Like, let's use a commuter example. A lot of them tend to are tend to be populated in a quite close area. And although you get the awkward commute in together you used to, you'll still probably end up talking to them. So you'll get word of mouth really quickly. I think one of the other things that you could probably do pretty smartly 
is you could probably get quite a trendy Instagram account and you could probably follow a lot of people based on location tags or you could, you know, mm-hmm. ping them up and, and have it on there. You'll probably get far more word of mouth than people realize for an EV-based truck and I'd get a load of journalists to interview me. I'd just speak to every local journalist because you don't want to do it at scale. You want to test a proof of concept. And then what I'd do is I'd look for postcodes that tend to have probably slightly more affluent people that live there. And then I'll target and I'd sit outside to play that jingle until people come out and have a look. It is, I'd probably do it a little bit louder than you should because that's what adverts still get away with on TV. And then just lastly, I would consider how I could give away, like do a drop of 100, 100 free cups of coffee. But the kicker here is... Postcode lottery. Yeah. But the kicker here is like you don't necessarily want to give away a hundred recycled cups and they don't get recycled. You'd want to kick, you want something that kick back in. So like a QR code, or you'd want them to make mm. sure that there was like a, an environmental angle that they would use a reusable cup or actually they'd want, you know, an iced coffee at home, but mm. they'd want your coffee. I love a reusable cup, by the way, until you break it or until the, I had one keep cups. And it was like a glass one with like a kind of cork surround, a bit like the one I'm showing you right now on screen, but it had cork instead of rubber. The cork snapped. Contacted Keep Cup, said, look, your cork snapped. I haven't had it long. Weren't having it. They didn't send me a replacement. They're like, uh, well, there's a store where you can buy a replacement. I'm like, I haven't had it that long. Like, why should I have to buy it? It hasn't lasted any time. Anyway, enough Keep Cup bashing. I've got a big question around, and I don't know if anybody else thinks about this, but sustainability, carbon footprint, environmental impact. How much do people care? Some people do care. We see them at climate marches, a very visible level. We see uh, wokeness around urban centres that are a bit hipster, super trendy, and it's part of the narrative, you know, like being busy at work, like I've become an, a you know, climate kind of activist in my spare time, extreme examples. Um, and then we get down to local where they've, they've introduced recycling in your bin collection, um, and I'm doing my bit, but I'm not buying less from Amazon. I'm just recycling the stuff when i get it so it feels like um, you're environmental therapy right now but yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah this is a confession but like I, we're quite i'm thinking about changing my car although cars co2 emissions account for very little in terms of climate change we should all probably stop eating fish and meat and things like that depending on which netflix documentary you watch <laughs> this is the thing for me in a Urban locations, let's take London because it's what we know best. I can't really comment on the scene, Manchester, Liverpool, other places. How outside of those urban centres, how woke are people when it comes to environmental issues, carbon footprint, reducing consumption and all of those things? Because I think for this, like for me, the EV van works quite nicely in, in obviously residential locations because that's kind of what it's about and i just wonder the further you get out of hipster culture central is it affecting people's attitudes to sustainability carbon footprint environmental issues and therefore if your brand is built around these things and you could thrive 
thrive in these home county town around city locations do you think that that there's enough pull on those type brands let's take craft beer as an example right into a not necessarily environmental example but let's look at craft beer as as adoption right craft beer makes up a small percentage of the overall beer and spirits market beers like my mates I've seen this in a couple of contexts. Like, you know, I was in London, craft beer came along, I tried it. I was like, oh, craft beer tastes nicer than regular beer. Like, yes, and it's got a hard price point and all those type of things. But I was just like, I, I kind of bought into the whole thing. I quite enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed the taste a lot more than like a Heineken. It had a lot more going on about it. And there's a scene to it, but that scene puts a lot of people off. Other crappy beers are available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like so when i'm in london like yeah like you probably get like a 50 50 split people ordering peronis morettis heinekens and then people ordering started with the beaver town and the brew dogs of this world and then progressing on to to the more funky stuff i remember specifically like being in london that being kind of the norm coming out and drinking with friends at home and a lot of those friends are still like your stella merchants foster top like and i, I when someone orders a Carlin, I literally shut. I'm like, how could you? That is the, it's the worst. It's the, like, it just tastes disgusting. I'm like, please. And they're like, no, 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 I love Carlin. And you're like, oh my God. You get this effect where like when you're in your bubbles in London, I think it's the same with environmental considerations. I think there's a lot of people that would have been influenced by Netflix documentaries that they've seen, maybe by Attenborough documentaries on the BBC, but how much change are they actually making? And therefore, the craft bakery around the corner that does scrambled eggs and avocado for eight quid, like, I'm down with that. That's fine. Eight quid doesn't seem a lot. Like, it's nicely made. They put a lot of effort in this nice produce. But But it's not a two quid sausage muffin. Yeah. Yeah, or, or de- go down the calf mm. and get a full English for six quid. That's the thing. So I think that going back to the brand and the quality of the produce and playing on that and then also the TAM in relation to that, does it reduce? That would be one question that I'd want to see some research around would be what are people's attitudes to that type of messaging, that type of importance around those things, reusable cups, nice produce. There's a sustainable coffee brand called Alpaca that I've got good knowledge of because I, I know someone who's joined that business and is working there. And they're all about the sustainable packaging. Obviously, there's the origin of the beans and all those type of things. But how wide is that appeal outside of these kind of more hipster urban centres where you get this where it becomes narratives for certain segments and not others. So I think answering the question you're, you're asking me is, I think 10% of people probably are eco-warriors and would, would champion it and it would really tickle their fancy and it would be something that they'd, you know, they'd dive on. The other 90% are people that you're replacing convenience and you're adding habit. And it'll be, it's reversible rewards. It's, you know, like habit 101 because it turns up at a slightly different time. Although you're most likely going to stick to your 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 coffee order or your you know coffee and panda chocolat or panda chocolate, as we'd probably say from home, right? But there's... Pain do chocolate, mate. Yeah. you got one of those. Um, but, you know, like I think people... It's like Coca-Cola, right? Some people will buy Coke for 60p a can, 
but then they'll go out and they'll pay six quid for a glass bottle at a hotel. There is like nuances in everything, but there's always a connection. Mm. So I think as long as you're within a reasonable price, as long as your produce is good and people connect with the product, people will keep coming back to it. And I think that the EV, the EV side of it and the eco side of it could be part of what they join in. But it's a bit like five years ago when people started becoming vegan. It's a bit like when there was recycling champions in businesses and now it becomes semi-normal. I think it just takes the 25% to realise actually it's 25% of it. You get one in four people that do it. It tends to start sticking. But that might not be the hook for some people, but it'd be a hook for a decent amount. And I commented on a LinkedIn post for the first time in a long time yesterday. And I said that people want to know the, the that they want to know the brand and know the why. And once they know the why behind it and the purpose, they're going to be an advocate and they're going to be annoying and they're going to tell seven out of 10 people. I had this great Simon experience. Sinek 101. Yeah. But this is... Let's get the bullseye out. But this is the, um, this is a kicker, I think, you know, having 20 odd years in marketing, it doesn't really change, but you just need to know who hmm. you're targeting, why you're targeting them and where what habits you're either replacing or you're adding to and you're complementing. And, you know, like the reason why we didn't talk around my new social network idea is it's quite big and grand, whereas I think this is more applicable and you could test it probably for maybe 55K and then you could scale up pretty quickly once you have a Mm. proof of concepts, but... I mean, it's the EV vans, the big investment, right? But I think with leasing well, I was going- and stuff like that, and I don't know, like I don't, just, I'm, yeah. I'm 100% a passenger, never driven in my have, life. Have you ever seen Chef? Yeah. Love that film. But His when Netflix he rips show out is brilliant, the van, if anyone wants. Oh, yeah. is it? Oh, I need to check that out. What, what, what's the Netflix show? It's, I think it's called Chef. Oh, it's yeah. called Chef. Oh, easy. Right. Oh, no, I have seen that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll check that out in a little bit more detail because I'm, I'm hawking around for something new, but Loki's just been released on Disney Plus, so that might get some of my attention. But um, okay, so we've kind of got brand, messaging, product, marketing, product, target audience. I suppose we'd start maybe. I, I, I think by the sounds of it, the best thing to do would be start small scale, test it, bit niche, and maybe do like people who would ordinarily commute into London who live in, for example, home counties area who are used to going to that coffee shop every day, maybe scratching around for a decent coffee shop in their locality, want a reason to leave their home desk in the day. And yet something like that. What about resourcing? How many people do you think it would take to start the truck? Undercover Economist is a really good book. It breaks down the cost of coffee. So when you go into a coffee shop, you know, you must read last week, I mm. put how a $14 sandwich loses money in, in New York. But I mm. think you could either buy produce in. So, you know, like uh, Borough Market, you can basically buy all the high-end pastries and mm. sandwiches and whatever else. And you can put them off. You can put them out and then you can make a decent margin on it. Pret makes most of it in store, but a lot of it is either, you know, fresh frozen or they put in a bake, it, it baked. So for me, you could probably do a van with two people. 
you could probably do it safely for free people, but just with the hot water and, and some of the making it scalable with the milks, you'd probably need two people to start with. But mm. I reckon from an investment perspective, I don't know if you've ever seen it in, there's a lot of these like little trucks, tiny trucks sort of in London, especially there's a red yeah. foam box coffee. Have you seen them? Or the foam? I don't know if I've seen them. I've seen the little three wheelers yeah. they pull open the back and there's barista machine. One of those can turn over easily a few hundred quid a day. The phone box, the red phone boxes, which are mm. famous with tourists. They're getting filled with a barista basically stands there making Colombian coffee. And it's just, like, I don't know, like, I'll find it, I'll put it on the, the futurestate.co.uk when I push it out. But, um, yeah, I'm sure there's some kicking around. Uh, the hotspots were around uh, if you walk down from Euston, like Gooch Street towards Holborn. There were always some floating around there on street corners. But like, it's better filling awareness. them up with a barista than the adult material that that turns out to be free <laughs> the one thing that you know, the big challenge here like kind of to wrap this pod up a little bit the future state for me on it would be you'd kind of have to replace the starbucks instagrammable tiktokable cup you'd have to have something that really stands out it could be super local so you could do something that reminds them locally you can even have those prints the old school prints that you put in the, mm. the uh, black ink or whatever you put it on so it could be like Euston Road or it could be Nascot or it could be whatever it could be super mm. relevant hyper personalised so it's a really strong standout logo you could even be as bold as uh, McDonald's was once upon a time and change the UK stores to green so people spend more time in store like they did at, at Starbucks they spent 11 I minutes really more on average by changing it green and having a more oh, really? familiar internal um, facilities. So I think you could do that. That's crazy. And then the other thing you could do, especially when it's, you know, gets darker and, and people drink probably slightly more coffee in the winter. Something mm. you could probably do is uh, you just flip up your menu, but you could then partner up with, with different distribution partners. Mm. So for me, this is, you know, a six out of 10. If I had a spare 60 grand, I probably wouldn't pump it into this specific idea. But I think there's enough people. Crypto. Yeah. But <laughs> not, not, not this week. Um, <laughs> or the last few. Yeah. But I think with, uh, you know, with this sort of idea, I think someone who doesn't mind getting up a lot slightly earlier, doesn't mind grinding it out and has a bit of a passion for it, this would be a passion project that could scale pretty easy for them or could be a good like what the US call lifestyle a lifestyle brand mm. but I've I think it's that franchise model that gives it the scale mm. and I'd want to like I'd want to look into the economics of it all but one thing you did say that I really like that I think could be massively played on is the neighborhood gamification element where people post on social to show that their neighborhood is supporting like local businesses like the EV van, EV coffee. Um, and it could almost be a little bit competitive. And then you could do some nice stuff because, because what you're doing, like the early adopters of something like this would be a cohort that have a lot of similar characteristics. Now, whether that's how they view the world, whether that's professionally, the kind of 
lifestyle they're willing to lead? Are they all parents of young children who desperately need coffee because they never sleep? Like there'd be some a really nice, I think, community element to this and a way of spinning off a community that could add value on the side. So you could almost have a little bit like Peloton you get these groups of riders mm. who want to like ride together and show themselves on the leaderboard. And like, you're like, Oh my God, there's like 10 of these insanely fit, <laughs> annoying riders in here who are just going to dominate the leaderboard. But, and they're like a like little Peloton crew. Like you could get that sense, I think of neighborhood community um, showing how you're supporting like local businesses or if it's a, like uh, Instagram stuff usually looks really cool, right? It's usually the ice cream that's got like two bananas sticking out the top with a smiley face and loads of sauce or whatever. It's, it's like TikTok and Camden Market the other week where everyone went and got this food. It looks amazing. Tastes like crap. <laughs> like the queue went pretty quick because the food wasn't that good. But on a TikTok in the sunshine next to Camden Lock with a bit of reflection off the water, it looks a million dollars. So you need that. But I think spinning off something else to a bigger community play would be very, very interesting to make a community of like-minded people who can connect on different issues. A little bit like you mentioned Nextdoor earlier, which we... I say we, my household is signed up to. And it's just bit like a really boring, like ranty place where like old people basically rant about things that don't really matter in the bigger picture, but matter to them as a macro problem. Completely. And they just use it to rant or like, like it's a typical social media. Who's going to shout loudest? Who's going to shout about what? Like there's some underlying old British racism in there and all of those type of things. It's not a great place. And that's why it doesn't work. And I actually was involved in a project many years ago that had the same basis of Nextdoor and it just didn't get the traction for a number of reasons. I think Nextdoor is a good idea in principle, but you need like Facebook so good for community groups as well, or like topical subject groups. There's ways that you can interact, sell, buy, chat about parenthood or whatever it may be. Like, I think there's ways that the EV van could have, EV coffee could have a way of really getting into the heart of the communities, creating community and creating these groups, these cohorts of people with, yeah, similar, similar views on the world that could then be a powerful thing offline. So the brand brings them together and then it's almost like an offline activation that would be, I think something powerful on the side of it. I was just picking up on something you said because I think that that would make it next level interesting. Final thought for people, I would consider how you can get into those really annoying WhatsApp groups, the, you know, like the apartment ones or the neighborhood ones or if you can get the iMessage in the, in the US, WhatsApp, in the, you know, in Europe, if you can get on those and people share it, people instantly respond to it and they want to know why. And the other thing is fear of missing out is a great is a great tool for a lot of people. It's such a motivator. And if you feel like you're missing a trend, people are gonna like they'll drop off a work call. You know, they'll know that they won't book in something from eleven till twelve. So I think there mm. is there is an angle and something that is such a leveller, like something that's super simple, it gets people eating or drinking the same sort of thing at the same sort of time that's got some status to it. It's tribal as well, so you feel like you're connected to something, but you can also stand out. So it's the two human mm. elements that conflict when we say we're tribal. It's fitting in to survive, but standing out to be 
to be individualistic. I think you can do that. The Grind, which is a coffee shop. It's got a bright pink cup. I think you could do electric colours that will pop off. And you can even do it. You know, If you had five colours, it could be five different routes. There's loads of different ways you can mm. do it. But mm. for me, I think that's a, that's a decent idea. And if anyone does it, I'll just take you know 25% of the shares for you, from you. <laughs> of the franchise model. So next time we'll, uh, yeah. we'll do a... We'll do probably something that's more social based or more document based. I've got a thousand in my back pocket, so there's lots to choose from when it's uh, my week. But I think what's interesting about this as an idea is it's very attainable for someone out there to go do. But I think you could develop this out, think about it a bit more. It's not too crazy, it's not built on like wild tech. Mm. It's fairly easy to, the, the, the biggest cost would be the EV itself and the fit out, I think. Obviously, you could you could just have low margins to begin with to test the market with your projects and then build the margins out from there um, and build the regular supply chain. So, yeah, for me, I think it'd be a really, really interesting one to test. And I think one of the things to keep an eye on with this is how we start going back to the office, what that settles into. Is it a 60-40 for home-to-work ratio? Like, where does that leave people? I think in the commute about towns, this would work super well. Yeah, you could be opportunist as anything. Like you could park outside the, you could park outside the train station, tube station. You could be in the centre. Park outside people Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could go Paddy Power 101. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much. Like, you could have a lot of fun with, an idea like this, building it out into a business, testing it, seeing what happens. And I think, yeah, it's an accessible one for people that's not reliant on crazy tech, high entry costs. There's still cost there, but I think it's a good one that, that there's a market for it, especially I, I even just think a really good half ice cream van, half barista van would, would tick the boxes, especially in the summer. And you could switch it in the winter to yeah, more of those lunchtime, breakfast time treats. So thanks for uh, everyone for listening. We have the futurestate.co.uk, so you can go on, read all the list. Today's episode will be broken down. You can, I'll even copy and paste my notes so you can copy and paste it and apply it to your own business. But make sure you subscribe, rate and review, and uh, we appreciate you listening. Thanks. See you next time.